Thank you so much for joining me today, Jenald. I'm really excited to speak with you and just dig in deeper and learn more about you um, and your background and what interested you in working um, for an early stage startup like Stellate doing people operations work, amongst many things, wearing all the different hats. And so just to kick things off today, I'm Lauren Bell. I'm a full cycle recruiter at Stelly, focused on growing our team intentionally and bringing the best talent that we can find to Stelly so that they can do the best work of their lives. And very happy and excited to be here today. Jenald, do you want to do a quick introduction, a little bit about you? Of course. Hey, everyone. I'm Jenald. I'm the Global People Operations Generalist here at Stelly. Do everything within ops, people, bookkeeping, everything in between. All the hats, which is... <laughs> I think, again, one of the things that makes your role and people like you unique to Startup World is that you seem to enjoy wearing all those different hats. For sure. I would love to just learn a little bit more about your background and how you got interested in working in startup life, especially in a tech startup. You know, that's not it for everybody. And I'm just curious to hear what brought you here and what that path looked like. Yeah. Are we, how far are we going back? <laughs> You tell me, you, you decide whatever, whatever makes the most sense to you. Okay. Uh, so I've been working actually since I was a sophomore in high school and I started out at a sewer plant, like just painting, weeding and everything. Then I went into retail, JCPenney, and then I worked at In-N-Out, which was like, I, I would consider like In-N-Out one of like my most favorite jobs because if you've been to an In-N-Out, you'll see like how hard everyone's working. It doesn't matter if you're at the drive-through, if you're in the dining room, if you're up in the register, you're always moving. There's no one ever that's just like standing there waiting. You're always on the go. And they had like great process with everything, with like food storage, with preparation, and just how you even level up in the company. Like at In-N-Out, no one's ever hired at a higher level, like as a manager, like everyone starts out at level one. And I think it goes up to level seven or level six and before you become a manager you literally have to go to manager school like it's I think it's called like in and out university and they send you I think to Irvine and you do like a whole class and you have like a cohort and then you get sent to like a store so that's where I got like really inspired I was like man like hard work like really pays off like if you work hard mm -hmm. and do everything you can get to like a higher level if you want to and then after in and out I started working for an insurance company and I was there for two years and I was still a little young and I was like, I don't really know if I want to do this. So I left that job and I actually got a job as a product specialist at like a tech talent company. It wasn't a startup. It was more like established, but I wasn't going to start for another month. So in that month, I was like, I was young. I needed money. So I was starting to temp for, you know, like some companies and I temped at this one tech startup. It was called Branch. They were based in Palo Alto and I was temping there for two days as their front desk coordinator. And usually like I would say like temps get don't get like the best rep because they're only there for like short term. And, you know, they're like, yes. why would I need to work hard if I'm not going to be here for that long? But I wanted to like leave a good impression. The people were really nice and they had like great perks, like perks that I've never seen before till I got there. And I went the extra mile, I communicated really well. And I think like a week after I temped over there, they called me, well, the, t the agency called me and they were like, hey, Jenna, like, how do you feel about coming back to branches full time? And I was like, what do you mean? I was just there for like two days, like, and I already have a job lined up. And they were like, yeah, they really liked you. And they're looking for a replacement, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, you know what, I, I can temp there for like two weeks until I start. 
and until or until you guys find a replacement but my start date at the new job is you know this so i go back and the two weeks that i'm there i'm like con they convinced me to stay and i convinced myself to stay because of everything that i was doing like i was front desk i was like office manager and just like helping out with so many things and when i was temping they had just moved to like a really big office so like the kitchen was amazing they were finding like a new um new vendor for lunch and that was really fun to do and just so many like new projects that I wasn't doing at that insurance company. Like at the insurance company, I was like doing a lot of like bookkeeping, like reaching out to customers and just like, it, it was really boring for me, honestly. So that's how I ended up in tech. And after two weeks, I told him, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm down to stay. I'd love to be converted. And I, I joined the team from there. So I joined as an office manager and I've been at startups ever since then, since 2018. Wow. That's incredible. That's yeah. awesome. So truly, like you said, comparing that to your experience at In-N-Out, you started, you know, from the bottom and were able to, through hard work and dedication and work your way up and find yourself a full-time position within the company. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Well, to start off, I'd love to just learn a little bit more about you. And if you don't mind sharing, you know, your story and kind of what's brought you here so far. Yeah. So I'm Filipino and I spent a lot of time moving back and forth from the U.S. and the Philippines. The moving back and forth was mainly because of my parents. You know, they got homesick easily. And once they realized it wasn't the best experience for like me and my siblings um, as we were getting older, we they decided to settle down here. And I'm so grateful to have been exposed to like the U.S. culture and like Filipino culture because I have a huge family in the Philippines and we all lived on the same street. Like I think maybe we took up like a third of the block. So there's like a huge culture of like helping each other out through like making food for everyone, being there for each other, any like tough times. It floods a lot in the Philippines in certain areas. And I was in that area where it flooded a lot. And I lived on, it wasn't a top floor, but there was like a staircase going downstairs with an apartment and it would just get flooded like all the way like to the ceiling. Oh my gosh. And my family would just have everyone that lived down there like come to our house, like stay there and just wait it out until like the water went down. So there was like a big sense of community growing up. And I think that's where me gaining energy from helping other people out comes from is because I grew up like that where, you know, we'd help each other out even if you weren't my family, if you were just, if you were my neighbor. Mm -hmm. So I would say like who I am as a person is, you know, someone who really values family. I like nurturing my relationships with my friends. I like building community. And that's what really energizes me. And I think that really translates into like people ops work too. Oh, completely. And that's incredible. And I can't, I can't relate to that. But the fact that you were able to experience two completely different cultures and environments growing up, I feel like that's probably shaped you to be a lot more understanding of a person and be able to put yourself in other people's shoes. And that is I think one of the most important qualities you could have. For sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just think that that's really cool. That So thank you for telling me that because I would have been sad if we missed that aspect of your story. And I think that that is a huge portion of who you are and kind of helped shape you today. So much of your life outside of the Philippines, you grew up in the Bay Area, in the United States, in California. And the Bay Area is just such a unique ecosystem in and of itself because it's known around the world for its startup and specifically its tech culture. Software developers have kind of flooded the Bay Area. What is it like living there and what have you either learned or observed? I don't want to say being an outsider, but not being a core part of, you know, being a software developer in and of itself. 
how have you either navigated that environment or how have you found a way which you have successfully to break into into the scene and build a career, a very successful career around what you're doing? Yeah. So my parents have never worked in tech, never worked in an office. My dad was actually a bus driver. So growing up, I didn't know that these jobs existed. I didn't know that there was an HR generalist. I didn't know there was a product marketing manager. They didn't know there was a software engineer. You know, all, all I thought when I was younger was, oh, these people work in an office on computers and do whatever business business stuff that they do. So when I joined Branch and was exposed to it, when I temped there, I was like, whoa, like there, there are companies that mm-hmm. offer free lunch every day. There are companies that offer snacks every day. There are companies that celebrate cultural holidays like Diwali. And it was kind of a culture shock for me because previously, like, you know, I worked at retail, I worked in food and I worked at an insurance company where it was just very like straight to the point, like you're here to work, find your own lunch type of thing. So it was a bit of a culture shock for me. And, you know, being in the Bay Area and having grown up here, I've seen a lot of people that I know from when I was younger move out of the Bay Area, either to like an hour away to like Stockton, Sacramento, kind of like the outskirts of the Bay. And I've seen people move out of state to start mm-hmm. families because they can't afford living here. And you can see it, you know, when I was younger, we lived in like the heart of San Francisco, like where Turkey, like Turk is, where homeless, ho- homelessness is like getting just worse. And I go there now and it's just like a huge, like a bigger difference. Like there's more people on the streets mm-hmm. and you, you can definitely feel the difference if, if you grew up here. So you feel like you're noticing the disparity even more and more? I think so. Even after um, when we first went on lockdown, I think a lot of people moved out of the Bay because their jobs allowed them to move out of state and be somewhere else. But now that kind of like everything's opening back up and everything is open back up, I think like when I go to the city, when I go to SF, I still see the the differences. Completely. You're seeing the two extremes in the in the making. Have you found it hard to break in being that you you are providing a ton of value, but you're not a traditional, you're not a software engineer, you're, you're not a software developer. Have you found it hard to feel like you're accepted into that scene or into that culture? Or have you found a way to carve your path out there? I think I've definitely found my way to carve out or, you know, be like in the community because people operations work is really important. I think there's like a like a saying where it's like engineers are like the brains and marketing is like another body part. And then like people operations is like the heart that keeps the company pumping because it is, you know, like if people aren't happy at the company, if people don't like what they're experiencing at the company, they're usually looking at people ops to say like, Hey, like, what can we do? Looking at leadership to see like, Hey, what can we do? So I feel like people operations does bring like huge, huge value. A lot of people might not see it, but there's a lot of people that do see the value in people operations as well. As to like me breaking into tech, I would say that I got lucky with where I was at because of my, that temp, temp opportunity. But I would also say that hard work got me to get that call back and say like, hey, Donald, do you want to come back as full time? And that's what usually people at startups are looking for is like someone who's really hungry to learn, someone who's quick on their feet and as you know, quick to pivot when when needed and someone who stays calm when things are burning. So I think what I was able to show in those two days that I temp really paid off and like me landing a tech job. But that's not the case for everyone, right? Like not everyone can temp at a job and get converted like a week later. Some people have to like get referrals through like connections or some people start out on, you know, at boot camps and they end up like software engineers or I think a lot of the things that I've seen is like 
like if you're joining like Google or like Facebook, people start out as contractors and get converted from there and then really make their way in. So it's a different path for everyone. And also just simply being exposed to these things and knowing people that have these jobs makes a huge difference. Because if you're growing up and all your life, you're seeing, you're not seeing these jobs, you can't one day and be like, hey, I dream to be like a chief people officer because you don't know that it's out there. So I think being exposed to it is really important too. So if you have people in your life that work in tech, that, that'll make a huge difference as well. Completely, completely. I love that. I love that. As far as, you know, really diving into the work of operations and people operations, also known as human resources in a lot of companies, you know, what drew you to that type of work and working with more of the human side of what we do? Great, great question. So I started out as an office manager at Branch and I moved to another company and I was hired again as an office manager. And at that second company, I transitioned from office ops to HR. But if you know, like if you're an office manager at a tech company or at a startup, that person who wears those many hats, you're probably doing some like type of HR anyway. Mm. And I think what really drew me is that like, how do I say this? It brings me energy when I care for people because like the work that Mm. we do touches people's lives, like with payroll, with benefits, making sure people get paid on time, you know, like making sure people understand what our benefits are getting people set up, set up at the company, like that's what energizes me the most. And that's where I drive energy from. Wow. So care, truly caring for others and having a passion for that is ultimately what kind of aligns so well with the work that you do within people operations. Yeah. That's fantastic. What was it like? I'm so curious transitioning from working in people operations when you were in person in those office environments because I know that that's got to be a completely different experience to then COVID happened, the world changed, and we went into a distributed work environment, at least at Selly. That's really what we're, what we're leaning into. And that, that is a huge benefit for us in a lot of ways. But what was that transition like? And what, what did you, you know, learn from, from that? That's an interesting question because when I was at Armory, we actually, I don't know what the percentage was, maybe like 20 to 40% were remote, like we were in like 17 different states and a couple of other countries like Mexico, I think like Slovenia or something like that. And I think what I struggled with was like how to build that connection with those people that aren't in office because you have to be like intentional about the way you message people, the way you show up on Zoom. Um, intentional about like, hey, like if we're doing something at the office, what about the people that aren't here with us in the office? And then transitioning from that to how can we connect everyone together like online and still get the same like return as if we were in person so those were a lot of the like the the thoughts that were going through my head and a lot of like brainstorming and a lot of experimenting like hey like i remember when i first started at stellate we were doing a lot of airbnb experiences and it was fun like i think we even did like a panda one and they were fun and they were like educational but the feedback that i was getting was hey like you know, that was fun, but I feel like I didn't really get to talk or get to know like my coworkers. So we transitioned from doing those experiences to like playing games together or even Mm -hmm. like there was this one time where I just let everyone kind of like talk and I was like, I don't really want to facilitate anything or say like, hey, we should play a game. And everyone just talked for that whole hour minute, hour and 30 minutes. And just to give everyone some context, we do bi-weekly like no work meetings where we welcome new hires. If there's no new hires, we still do the meeting just to connect. And um, and yeah. 
I love that. I love that. And having been a part of them myself, I mean, I can speak to the fact of I just get energized and I feel that sense of connection and that uh, collaboration with the team after those moments of connection, even if it's just like you said, an hour and a half of unstructured time to just talk as humans and connect with each other. I think all of that goes a really long way. And so again, people operations is very often in the shadows or the unsung heroes they are doing the work and nobody thinks about all the work and the, the time that goes into setting these type of experiences up. But it's so important to our culture and keeping us connected moving forward because it doesn't matter how talented we are if we don't have that connection with each other as a team, it's, we're not going to be able to really work at our best um, yeah. in that sense. So and it, that's oh, awesome. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and it, I think it definitely shows in our culture because we do the bi-weekly no work meetings and um, Victor, one of the engineers was like, Hey, like I am, I'm longing for, I'm longing to connect more with people. Like how does everyone feel about doing like another connection meeting outside of that? Yes. And he like self-organized everything and, they did like a huddle. They do like huddles and stuff. So that's pretty cool to see. So people yes. people really long for connection outside of work and at work too. So yes, the value of finding that time to pair with each other. Um, and for, for those of you that may not work in the, the world that we work in the tech space, pairing is just essentially working together, collaborating on a, either a common goal and a project, or honestly, you could be working on your own stuff at the same time, but just collaborating together and Again, feeling like you have somebody to talk through those things with, it goes a long way. So that's fantastic. We're now almost to 20 employees and we are almost in 10 countries internationally. And, you know, that's obviously a lot to manage, a lot of different regulations and laws and just governing bodies that go into that. You know, how are you able as essentially, you know, a almost department of one or a few of us um, within people operations, how are you able to manage all the moving parts of keeping track of so many team members that are all over the world? You know, how are you able to really kind of keep that, keep that going? Yeah. Um, I think a huge part of it is that we have like really great partners like our EOR, our employer of record is remote and they're in so many countries and they have like specific hubs of people just working on like HR laws, employment laws, and you know payroll laws in each of those countries. And they educate us so well whenever we, we answer all of our questions about really anything and everything. Like I didn't know that there were like different expense laws in Mexico. Mm. Like insurance is higher in like some other countries and compared to other countries. Issuing options in different countries is like different laws too, like different in Mexico, different in Romania, different in Austria, how to issue them, like how to early exercise and all that stuff. It's different for every country. And it's through the help of our like amazing partners like SLS, who's our, our legal legal partner, and Remote, who's our EOR. And also having Sue, who has just like, who thinks of like different perspectives, who's our manager. And she thinks of like, she views different angles and asks the right questions. You kind of just like learn from that and start applying that to like future, future things, so. Absolutely, oh my gosh, well again, so grateful that we have somebody like you managing all those moving pieces because that is a lot, a lot. But again, from a talent perspective, it really allows us to find the best people in the world that are able to work at Stellate. We're not restricted by where we can hire. And for, for me, of course, as a recruiter, but I think for all of us, we're thankful for that fact. And, you know, I'm thankful to be part of an organization that's open to hiring talent no matter where they are located in the world and, and making sure that we can make that work. Um, I guess... As far as, you know, 
your work at Stellate and what you're really excited about for the future. We're coming up on, you know, the end of one year, the beginning of a, a new year. Is there anything that you're really looking forward to as the team continues to grow and what you hope for in the future with Stellate? Yeah, I think the the beauty in working at startups is that everything's changing so fast. Like what you're working on, what you worked on yesterday could be scrapped tomorrow and go in a complete different direction. So I think just that change is what I'm excited for. Like, for example, we have our benefits and perks are only really valid for like one year. And at the end of the year, we audit it, you know, make changes, additions, subtractions, like whatever you think of, and then go from there and see what what feedback we get and what we can change from there. And then also like renewing like our systems, like, you know, is our HRIS working for us? Is our employee engagement platform working for us? Is our EOR working for us? So being able to review and audit those like at the end of the year, beginning of the year, I mean, end of the fiscal year is always exciting because it's like a new project to work on. So totally. another thing I'm excited for is I always ask myself, like, if this is working for 20 people, like, how is this going to work for like 100 people? How is this going to work for like 150 how does this work for like a thousand? Obviously, like what works for 50 people isn't always going to work for like 200. So seeing things like evolve, like seeing processes, seeing initiatives evolve from 50 to 100 people is always interesting to me too. Yes, absolutely. Is Stellate one of the smaller startups that you've worked at in your experience? Yes, Stellate is the smallest startup I've ever worked at. At Armory, I joined at, I think, 30 people. And Stellate is, I joined as employee number nine. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So many experiences and I'm sure so many learnings from that time. I guess as far as, you know, keeping up with trends and keeping up with the latest recommendations as it relates to people operations and learning and, you know, how do you stay current with those things? And how do you how do you make sure that you keep learning with what you're doing? Yeah, um, I definitely am subscribed to some newsletters. I'm on LinkedIn a lot, just like reading up on articles and like what people are posting. Honestly, a really good resource is TikTok as well. Like there's a lot of like HR influencers on TikTok that I follow. Like people post like California employment laws and like what's changing, like, you know, salary transparency on job postings are coming, like those types of things are really interesting. But it's also interesting to see a lot of the trends, like the great resignation, like quiet quitting, mm-hmm. like those types of things, because you never know like how like what the ripple effect is going to be and like what will happen after. So that's how I usually keep up LinkedIn, TikTok and some newsletters here and there. I would agree with you. That's a lot of the ways that I keep up as well. And I think it's taken some people a while to agree with me. But once you find the right people to follow on TikTok, you can actually learn a whole lot and you can find a ton of information, educational um, content and really kind of help you there. So that's that's great to hear. And, you know, I guess As far as learning goes, Stellate being a learning-driven organization, that's one of our really, you know, one of our values that's really important to us and really an initiative I would say that we've made a lot of progress with and something that we're continuing to work work on as a team is taking the time to not only learn ourselves, but take the time to share those learnings with our team members so that we can all learn faster and be more effective and efficient together. Anything that comes to mind that has really worked well, either for us or for you, as it relates to you know us really working towards our goal of being a learning-driven organization, what are some of the things that we've done or are working on doing that you think are really helping us make steps in the right direction there? 
Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is our bi-weekly. We've had sessions around like how to give feedback. What else have we done? Interviewer so, training. Interviewer training or doing DNI. We have mm-hmm. a DNI strategy plan already booked for like next year. But another thing is like, especially working with Sue and like our managers is like, I feel like when you tell them what you're interested in or like what you want to learn, they try to give you that opportunity as much as they can, like if it's there. I remember when I first joined Stellate, I was like, hey, like I've actually never managed anyone before and I would love to learn how to people manage in order to get to like the next step of my career. And Sue was like, all right, let's do it. And we have, and I've been managing one person for like the past year now, which is pretty cool learning, um, learning opportunity as well. Absolutely. And the fact that, again, a company is willing to listen to the things that you're passionate about doing and then actually put that into action. I think that means a lot. I guess, you know, as it relates to different tech trends, you know, being in the tech industry, we obviously work with a ton of engineers and we work with people who are always on the cutting edge and the latest and greatest. And that obviously has a trickle down effect to all the other departments that affects the way that talent works, that affects the way that people operations is structured. Do you think that working within tech has affected the way that you approach people operations and maybe the processes that you set up? I think so, because everyone works really differently. I would say like some people like to group like engineers act a certain way or like HR acts a certain way. And when you're like approaching different people in different departments, sometimes you have to change your energy. Sometimes you have to change the way that you approach them. And sometimes you have to change the way that you like approach even projects or like communication in general. Yes, yes. For me, one of the big learnings has been just the terminology and the different types of, you know, methodologies, like agile methodologies, sprint planning. I know that that's something that we've put into action. Again, thanks to our head of people, Sue, but uh, the different departments, even outside of engineering, like we do sprint planning sessions. And that's not only to teach us a little bit and give us perspective on what they're working through, but it just, again, helps us as an organization kind of have consistency on the terminology that we're using. And we all can understand what the different departments are doing at any given time and haven't always seen that be the case. But for me, that's kind of been something that's really stood out as unique, but a special about what Stellate's doing and the way that we're setting up the company so that we can scale and grow. For sure. For sure. What would you say are some of, you know, your favorite books that you've been (laughs) reading lately or that you keep top of mind that have really helped you in your career? The one that's really stuck with me, I read it back in 2018 and I sometimes I read it, read some pages every now and then. It's Growth Mindset by Carol. I don't know her last name, but Growth Mindset by Carol. And it's really about the power of mindset And it's such a great book. It talks a lot about like how we think can really influence our success. And it was actually part of my onboarding like Slack packet when I was at Branch. So it was like a great addition Mm. that I I read. So what would you say are the either unglamorous or maybe the harder aspects of people operations work that aren't often, you know, top of mind? I know so many people who want to get into the people operations side of things at companies, but they may not realize that there are the unglamorous portions of the job. So just wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit more on what that looks like. Yeah. What is the most unglamorous thing about my job? I think a lot of the work that people ops do is in the dark and we don't really work in the light. What I mean by that is a lot of the work is behind the scenes. You could be working on something like really big and Honestly, like sometimes people have no clue that you're working on it because it's behind the scenes. And yeah, I would say just like working in the dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's such a balance there because part of our culture at Stellate is 
defaulting to open and trying to do as much of our work as we can on a daily basis out in the open. And that just helps us move faster and have information not be siloed. But again, that's so tricky when it comes to people operations. So I guess, how do you balance that? Definitely the confidential ones. So we have a daily status channel where everyone posts every day, like what they're working on and what they have worked on at the end of the day. And sometimes like things that are confidential can take like, you know, hours if you're meeting with others and you can't really put like, hey, um, I've been working on, you know, X, Y, and Z's like offboarding or something like that on a daily status channel. It's super confidential. So I try to, I try to share as much as I can without giving too much away. And sometimes things that aren't ready to release yet i can't really put like hey i'm working on this because this is gonna come out like next week or something so it's a bit tricky but i remember my cr manager saying something like if people are quiet at the company and don't have any complaints that's usually when hr is working Mm. you should be more worried when people are talking more about like people ops initiatives than not talking about it Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm makes sense i guess what tools or what things do you use on a daily basis that are like absolutely indispensable for your job and what helps you be successful on a daily basis? Keeping track of everything that I do is really important. So we use ClickUp with a mixture of like notes every now and then of just like, you know, quick notes and like quick things to do. Slack is really important for like communicating. I would say YouTube is one of like my favorite ones too, because I can't listen to music with lyrics while I work. So what I do is I search like my favorite albums, instrumentals, and then I just listen to that for like while I'm working. Oh, so smart. (laughs) I actually, funny that you say that. Just today I discovered, thanks to somebody sharing in one of our Slack channels, I discovered lo-fi music and what that is and how it's supposed to help you really focus and tune into work. And so I spent the first hours of my morning listening to that. And like you said, no lyrics, but I was actually able to focus and get in the zone and I guess flow uh, more than I have in a long time. So I need to do that as well. When you first said YouTube, I was like, wait, that that's contradictory. But the more that you <laughs> talked about the way that you are using that to help you be more focused, that makes a lot of sense. Even if you listen to like nature sounds, so like forest, like Amazon rainforest, if you search it up on YouTube, it's like super relaxing. I actually put that on while I was driving one time and I didn't feel as stressed as I usually do because I, I hate driving. And Mm. it was, it put me like in a relaxed like state. So it's, it helps with what I'm working to. Yes, absolutely. Shifting gears a little bit to talk about the people that we bring into Stellate, because I think that's a huge part of the culture that we are forming and where we're going to be going as we scale and grow. Part of our interview process is we have introduced early on a values interview. And that to me just speaks so much to who we are as an organization. I'd love to hear from your perspective because I know that you participate often as an interviewer in our values interview. But what do you think is important about the values interview that we do? And why do you think that it makes sense to do it earlier on in the process or even at all? Because a lot of companies may not even have something like that in their process. Yeah, I think it's important that we do it early in the process because a person can be super smart. This person can do a bunch of projects and align with what really what we're looking for on the job description. But if this person doesn't show empathy, doesn't know how to admit when they're wrong or can't give credit or to other teammates when explaining how they completed a project, I think that's like definitely like a no for me, at least, because you could be the smartest person in the room, but if you're kind of like an a-hole, then I don't, I don't know if I would want to work with you. <laughs> so I, th- I think that's why it's important that we do it like way in the beginning of the interview process. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And we pull in people from different departments as well, because that just adds further perspective. Like you said, they might be a fantastic engineer um, in a specific skill set that we are looking for. But if they aren't going to fit in and uphold the values that we have in as, as an organization, I think that's so important that we find that out early on in the process. For sure. And it's definitely important when we're doing values interviews and because we're hiring all over the world, you know, that we need to be open and mindful of other people's cultures because person can be maybe not so bubbly, but they pass the values interview, like those types of situations. So I think it's important to keep that open mind and just be mindful of other cultures. Yes. And limiting that bias as much as possible, which is so hard, but it's important, which is again, why I appreciate that we have invested in education and learning and development. And I was impressed. I think Within my first month on the job, we did um, interviewer training more about eliminating bias or trying to limit the amount of bias that we have. And so I think that that's so important that we continue that as we grow because we already have representation in about 10 countries, but we're going to look up before we know it and be in so many more countries. And it's just going to add further complexity and new cultures and new perspectives. Definitely. Um, I know another big initiative from the people operations side recently that you've been kind of spearheading is onboarding and putting process into our onboarding and what that looks like. Is there anything that you've learned along the way with setting up process from really from scratch, from nothing as it relates to onboarding and also the offboarding process, but really as we grow, really focus more on that onboarding process and what that looks like? Yeah. Onboarding is one of those things that's never really done because as you're growing, like things are things are changing. So it's a lot of like additions, a lot of like subtractions, like, hey, general, like, can we add this to our onboarding process? So it's being able to capture all those, all that feedback and applying it. I will say it's a bit challenging to do the onboarding process because because we're such a small team and we don't have a lot of hands just yet. But it's rewarding because like when, you know, folks come in, they have like all this feedback of like, hey, you know, this part was really great. But how, how can we improve like this part so that the next person that comes in doesn't have that same experience? And it's just so valuable, like feedback so valuable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Feedback's a huge part of our culture here at Stelly. And I know that that's also often one of the hardest things for people to give, especially constructive feedback. You know, the positive feedback seems to be something that people can give easier than the other. I know that's something that I'm working on as well. But like you said, that's going to help us continue to grow and having that safe space and creating an environment where we have that trust in each other. And we know that it's coming from a place of positive intent. I think that's so important for us continuing to improve and grow. So hopefully with every new hire that we add, our processes are just getting more fine-tuned and they're just getting better and better as we continue to get that feedback. Definitely. Is there anything, I guess, as it relates to people operations that you're particularly passionate about or that you have really hopes that maybe you haven't gotten a chance to work on yet in your career, but that's something that you really have a passion to get more involved in as you grow? Ooh, you know, that's a really good question because Sue actually asked me the same same thing. And my answer was, I just really want to keep learning in the people in op space. You know, there's something new every day. There's a new initiative, a new project every day. Like while I've been here at Stellate, I've done so many things that I haven't done at previous companies. I've done bookkeeping. I've helped our exec team prep for the board meeting, which I haven't done anywhere too. We've done levels. I've been part of that. We've done like compensation planning, which is pretty cool. And just like being exposed and being able to be part of those things is really what's exciting me. So I think just keep learning new things, like whatever I can absorb here is what I'd be happy with. 
Makes sense. Don't limit yourself. Just be open to all of that as it comes. I was surprised to hear, but I think that's incredible that you've really found a maybe passion or enjoy the accounting side of the business, which is not always something that you would find that would translate necessarily from people operations over to that side of the business. But again, I think that speaks to the ability of those of us that are working at a startup to wear all those different hats and not be afraid to jump in and learn as we go. And um, I know you've got some really great support there. We've got some great leadership on that side of the business, but that's been great that you've been able to jump in and gain knowledge there. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to like when I'm doing accounts payable, like once a month, it goes back to like making sure that people get paid and they don't have to be our employees. But if we're working with them, if they're our partners or vendors, even if we're paying like larger companies, we work with a couple like smaller like consultants. So making sure they get paid on time is like really important. And sometimes it's really just fun, like playing with numbers and like categorizing everything. So again, you won't always hear people say that, but I am (laughs) so I'm so thankful to hear that. And I'm glad that that's something again, that I feel like you wouldn't have found that you had that knack for that you enjoyed doing if you hadn't have been open minded and worked at a company that was willing to like, let you run with that and learn and grow in that regard. So I think that's incredible. Definitely. Thank you. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges, I guess, with us having so many different cultures and so many different time zones at the moment that we work across? You know, from a people operations perspective, I'm sure this is something that you've thought about um, and we try to come up with things that we can do to keep everybody engaged. But I guess any thoughts around that challenge and how unique this environment is and maybe some of the things that you've come up with or seen that are effective to help combat that? I think some of the things that I start thinking about when we grow is, you know, like what happens if we hire someone that's not in a accommodating time zone. So like Europe and North America kind of work a little bit because like when it's like eight over here, it's not too late over there. But what if we hire someone, I don't know, in Asia and it's like midnight over there, like what are the like core working hours, like those things that we have to figure out when we get bigger? for meetings like all hands, L&D, like even our no work meeting. Those are some of the challenges that I think of. No, I think that's great. And I think just striking that balance, I think it's going to ebb and flow right now. We just happen to have maybe more members of our team in Europe. And so keeping that in mind when we're scheduling, like you said, all hands meetings or scheduling things, we want to be accommodating to the majority, but we also want to make sure that those of us that are in different time zones, maybe in North America, aren't always having to bend for everybody else. And we find ways to make everybody feel included and a part of that. I think that's so important. And again, when we get so busy in our startup life and you already have a endless to-do list, I think it's easy to just grind and forget about even thinking about people's emotions or feelings or how are they feeling included. But I think that's where the true power of people operations comes in is you have people with a big heart that care about others and they're not just doing the work to check it off their list. They're truly doing it because they care. And I think that makes all the difference. I definitely. So anyway, that's just a big thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big thank you more than anything. Very cool. I guess random, but what occupation or job other than people operations do you think you would like to try if you were not doing what you're doing today? (laughs) Um... And you've already done quite a few from your from your <laughs> intro. We learned that you've done everything from sewage plant work to in and out all the way to office management, people operations. So you've already done quite a few. But is there anything else you haven't tried yet? I really enjoy working with kids. Like I have three nieces and three nephews. 
and they're like based outside of the bay so it's I, I only see them like maybe like once a year so i'd probably be working with kids i don't know if i'm ready for like elementary school maybe like kindergarten or maybe like daycare i don't know kids are just so fun and oh they, my gosh <laughs> they're, they're just so fun <laughs> I love that. That is completely different, but at the same time still takes patience and still takes somebody who cares about other people. So I could see the, the correlation between the two. So that's incredible. I guess what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody who is starting their career and has a passion for either getting into people operations or getting into a startup environment? What would you share with them or what were some tips and tricks that you wish somebody had given you? First one is don't take things personal. I think in the early years of my career, I was super young. I think I was like 20, 21 when I started at, at my first startup. And I took a lot of things personal because I was like, oh man, like, did, did they mean it that way or did they mean it this way? Mm -hmm. So I would say don't take a lot of things personal. Another piece of advice I would give is if you're looking to work at a startup, even if it's like a tech startup, fintech, you know, health tech or whatever, I would say be open to learning and don't limit yourself because when you're at a startup like there's just so much opportunity that is there like as you grow with the company and if you're looking specifically to get into people operations remember to give yourself breaks and give yourself grace because a lot of the things that you do are behind the scenes and sometimes it's thankless work but i promise you it's worth it oh yeah totally i love that i think that not taking things personal is huge especially for so many people beginning their career but it gets easier as time goes on and you realize, again, if you if you keep the mindset of everybody's doing their best and has good intentions in mind, I think that goes a long way. It's not always the case, but I like to assume positive intent as much as I can. For sure. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your thoughts around the importance of culture. I think we're seeing in the news, at least I am, the newer generations are caring more and more about working with organizations that really take care of their people and not just treating people as a means of getting from X point A to point B. And so I'd love to hear more about your thoughts around the great resignation, quiet quitting, some of these trends that we're hearing and how as a people operations professional, how can you work towards combating some of these things? Yeah. You know, I think culture is one of the factors in like why the great resignation happened is because like people were like, hey, I'm not happy at my job and it's not adding any value to my life. And, you know, I want to be somewhere where I'm valued, where I'm paid well, where the benefits and perks are great. Like a ping pong table and free lunch is not enough. Like if your leadership sucks, then it's like, where are you going to take us? Where are you going to take the company? So even when I left Armory in 2021 or 2020, when I was looking for jobs, I had so many interviews and just so many companies that I was like, hmm, like, would I work here? Like the benefits are really good. The pay is amazing. And then I met like some of these like, executives and some of the people that I was going to work with. And I was like, definitely no. Like I want to be somewhere where I'm constantly learning. I'm valued. And that val meaning like valued is like, you know, I'm paid well. It's recognized. People are grateful. Leadership is great. So those, those, so those are the, some of the things that I like start to think about. And yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing your perspective. Sure. One thing that we did recently, Jenald and I and Sue, as a small but mighty people operations team, was we sat down together and just spent time learning about each other um, at a personal level, at our core of who we are, our personalities, our values. What does that look like? Um, there's an app that, you know, I don't know if it's the best one out there, but we really enjoyed it. It's called Dimensional. And for anybody interested, 
I would say I recommend going through that with your team members that you work with. It, it will teach you a lot more and you'll learn a lot more about them and understand, again, the perspectives of where they're coming from. Would you agree with that statement, Gerald? No, I would definitely agree. Like this app has, it just knows things about you from asking these like questions. And it really surprised me of like how much it knew about me. And I think even when we were going through it together, it was like such a great time to just connect. And we did it at our offsite. We have like three offsites per year where, where we're optimizing for connection with everyone. And I think when things get hard at like startups and like everyone's like stressed out and like something's burning, I think those are the moments that you really like look back on and just say like, hey, like it's really hard right now. But I remember that moment that we had at the offsite and it just makes going through things easier. And we spend so much time at work. We spend, is it more than half half our week um, at work? And if you're not working with people that you, if you're working with people that you can connect with, it just makes it so much easier. Completely, completely. And again, I feel like a lot of times you would learn some of these nuances working in an environment like an in-person office, but being in a distributed company, we may not pick up on those things. And so being able to use either personality profiles or strengths quest or the disc assessment or different different things that can just teach us more about each other and help us understand. I think that just helps us be a better company. One of the other things we do on Notion is we post like our about me's for many of us. And it'll just say a little bit about who we are and how you can best work with work with us. And I think I've always gained value out of reading those when I'm working with somebody because then I know the best way to approach them and, and interact with them on a project to get the best best output possible. I agree. And we even do these things like during our sprint planning meetings, we do like a check-in question at the beginning and then gratitude at the end. And I think the check-in question really just like it kind of breaks the ice even though we work together like every day but it's just like it's a, a fun thing to do before like we get into business and then gratitude is just like i've never done it at any other company Me neither. and doing it here at stellate was just like i felt like the people that i do that gratitude with is like hey like i see you i see your work i'm here like i hear you and it's it's great Oh, goes so goes so far. Giving that gratitude and taking the time out of your day to remember to thank others. It goes a long way. We did that in person as well at the offsite, but we actually actually physically wrote notes to each other expressing gratitude or expressing some of the things that we're thankful for or some of the qualities that each other bring to the team and reading those out loud. And some of them were anonymous and some of them people had signed their name, but I think that just connected us and I felt us become closer as a unit through that exercise. So I'm so thankful that we incorporated that um, into into the retreat and what we did. I agree. Thank you, Sue, for coming up with these <laughs> great like connection moments. Sue, if you're listening, Ed did not pay us to say all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's, um, I think that's everything. And again, I just really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jenald. It was a pleasure speaking with you today and learning more about your expertise in people operations, what we've implemented at Stellate that's been successful and some of your other learnings so far in your career. Thanks, Lauren. I really enjoyed speaking with you and I'm really excited to keep growing at Stellate and to see Stellate grow. Hey folks, we are hiring an engineering manager right now. We're looking for the first person to really help us build out the engineering team. If you are that person or could be that person, or if you know anybody that could be that person, please reach out to us and let's have a conversation about it.